You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. There's a part of Parsha's Nosa that is looked, is, is, is not really dealt with when people sink their teeth into it. I'm sure all of you, if you went to show or if you read things online, heard drushas on the Sota, heard drushas on the Nazir, Birchas Kohanim. But there's also, right before the Parsha of Sota, we have this little section. Hmm. To betray God. And what the person's done is called Oshem. The Nefesh is in a state of desolation. Asher Osu. And confession must be made on these sins. Oh, we talking, we're talking about something where you actually bring the, the Asham has a physicality. And and it has a 20% that's added to it. Oh, this is not just talking about doing any Avera. This is a specific Avera that has a carbon with it. And then it also has a victim. There's a carbon and there's a victim. Oh, if the person has no relatives to give the Oshem to, meaning the money that you clearly have stolen. So it's about stealing money then. Aha. So then, the money you would have given goes to the Kohen. Milvad But of course, there's going to be a ram that creates kapara. So when you read one, two, three, when you read the four psukim together, you finally figure out what this is talking about. What is it talking about? So as the Sifre on the Pasuk says, What is this Parsha doing here? If this is talking about stealing from someone and bringing a carbon for stealing, that is in Sefer Vayikra. All right, let's go to Sefer Vayikra and see that section. So here it is. Here is that section in Sefer Vayikra. Nefesh Kisechta. This is Vayikra Perakei Pasachov. Nefesh kisechta umola mol badonai. Oh, there's your meila. Aha. Limo mol badonai. Oh, I see. That's how these two are connected. Now, what did the person do? Kichesh Basically, the reason why it's meila in God is because you betrayed another human being. There was another human being that trusted you. He didn't have any witnesses, just you, him, and God. And he said, I trust you, Joe. God is here with us. And he gave him a very important item to watch. Or the guy stole something from his friend. Or he just grabbed it from him. 
or he's not paying him money that he owes him. Or he finds his item that he lost and lies about it. So first of all, he betrays his friend. He lies brazenly about it, openly about it. And so once again, we see so this is a twin. These two partios are talking about the same thing. Betraying another person for money, lying when you were confronted about it, seemingly, and, and making a false shrua in Bezdin. And when that sin occurs, this word we're going to have to talk about. Give back the money you stole, whatever it was, pay that, and pay an extra 20%. When you bring, and bring an Oshab, and you know what Oshab you're going to bring? A ram. And it's got to be worth money. And the Kohen will be Mechaper for you. So this is really a double of the same Parsha. The words are, are, are similar enough. We now know what Parshas Nosa was referring to. Parshas Vayikra helps us understand Parshas Nosa. Okay. So the question is, why wasn't this in Parshas Vayikra? That is the question the Sifrei asks. Rashi quotes it, if you remember, in Chumash. Let's see the answer from the Sifrei in, inside. Lomenemra Parshasos, Lefishu Omer Nefesh Kisechta, it already said in Parshas Vayikra, as we saw, a real bum this guy is, right? He's, he's a guy who steals from his friend, lies in Bezdin, and then, Oshem, he gets, I guess, a conscience. And he decides to give things back, but he just can't give it back and make it right after he has denied it and sworn a lie in Bezdin to that lie, his Avera is big enough that it needs a carbon. And it also has a 20% surcharge. Okay. But there's something that's added. What's added in Parshas Nosa? What's added in Parshas Nosa is, as the Sifre says, let's look again, What about if you stole from a ger? What about if the person you betrayed was a ger, a ger tzedek, who has no relatives? And now that he's, and he dies, if he dies, what do you do? Do you think you're off scot-free? No. The Torah wrote this parsha to teach us about gezel ha-ger. For some reason, the Torah did not include it in Sefer Vayikra, the Torah wanted it here in Sefer Bamidbar, right before the Sota. I'm not sure if there's any connection, but it wanted it there in order to teach us something about stealing from a convert who has no relatives, because someone else has relatives, that the money goes to the Kohanim. Now, Zumidab of Torah, Kol Parsha Shenemr Bamokam Echad. 
many times you'll have a, a parsha that is basically in Sefer Vayikra, but it's missing one detail. You're going to have repetition in the Torah. Because Bob and, and Harry and Stu, well, Stu's gone, but some of this is just duplicate material. For example, the idea that you bring 20% extra is already said here. Why is it that the Torah repeats new information? Because many times when the Torah wants to tell us something it, we don't know yet, the Torah w- goes on a bit and tells us things we already know. Because there is something missing. And what was missing about Gezel Aguer? Now, the, um, there's something else added here. What else is added here that's not in Vayikra? It says, Ish o Isha. Okay. Here it says, Nefesh, Kisechta. Here it says Isho Isha, but it also adds something it doesn't say there. Here it says, in, in, in Sefer Vayikra, let's see what it says. When the person realizes he's wrong, it says, Ve'oshem. Here it says, Ve'oshma ha-nefesh ha-hi. The nefesh is in a state of desolation. Okay. That's a, that's a difference between the parshios. The nefesh. Why does it say that here? Because a man or a woman, what about someone we're not sure what they are? A tumtumar and androgynous. How do we know they're part of this? Talmud lomar va'oshma ha-nefesh ahu. Nefesh is any living person, no matter what their sexual identity is that's what we're that's what this parasha teaches us this this teaches us about men women every person okay um those are two things that are added gear what you do with the gear that the money goes to the kohanim and the second idea that we're seeing here is the idea that includes all living people no matter what, whatever hand God deal, dealt them in terms of their sexual uh, identity, they are part of this. And that's why Parshas Nelson refers to that. Okay. Um, why does it say also, why does it add nefeshahi, for oshma ha nefeshahi? So again, Chazal tell us. This tells us something else. Hmm. This term is something new. Not just a shame, you realize you're a thief and you're a liar. There's something else here. The nefesh can feel something. The soul can feel something. The soul can feel something happening. 
Aha, what's that mean? So the rabbis tell us that, let's say you burn somebody's field on Yom Kippur. If you've burned someone's field on Yom Kippur, you're Chayv Kares for that Melacha. Bezdin can't touch you because you did an Avera. It's called Kimle Bidarabamine. You've done a big Avera that excludes payment. But God will get you. All of a sudden, Chazal are seeing from that term, Oshma Nefeshahi, that it's more than just Gezel Ager, that it actually refers to a whole slew of Averos. That even where loopholes exist and you don't get punished, the, the, the human soul has to, has, has to pay a price to God. And now we get to something which Rashi says is why, although I, Rashi says in Chumash, last week's Parsha, there's another reason why Parsha's Nosa has something that Vayikra doesn't. And that is this, his Vadu, that you have to do Vidui by Geza Lager. And, and by regular Geza. That wasn't, that, it doesn't say Vidui in Vayikra in this parsha of stealing from someone, of lying about stealing. It doesn't say vidui. Vidui is said in parsha's nosa. So one of the things that was nishadesh in parsha's nosa was vidui, that you need to actually articulate orally what you did when you bring this carbon. Okay, what a, what is, how do Chazal deepen this? Chazal deepen this and say, Why does it say vidu here? Now, Chazal say, Where's that? That's not in Bamidbar. That's here. So, that is here. That is Vayikra Perik Dalid, not Perike, Perik Dalid. Perik Dalid begins with the carbon Olaviorid. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the beginning of Perike begins with the carbon Olaviorid. Let, let me show you that, please. It says that. Let me find that for you. Okay. This is where it says Vidui and Vayikra. Not about stealing from the gear. This is about someone who refuses to get involved. This is about someone who can testify for someone and help him and doesn't. He's not a thief. He just doesn't want to get involved. Or, and he actually says, I don't know anything about it. I didn't see the guy lend you the money. I didn't see you borrow the money. I didn't see you give him money. Or, and he lies about it. He heard, and in fact, the guy says, oh, you were there. 
you, you saw, Ruvain says to him, Levi, you saw me lend money to Shimon. Come to Bezdin and you can help me get my money back. And he says, no, I, I didn't see it. And he, and, he, and he says, do you swear you didn't see it? And he swears he doesn't see it. He makes a false shmua. Or what does he do? He, he touches something, becomes Tomei, and enters into the Beis HaMikdash. What does it say in all these cases? Once again, v'oshem. Or he made a shvua to do something. And what happened? He forgot and he violated his shvua. He violated his shvua. He said he was going to do something. He swore he would do something. Okay, all of these things, they have a shvua in it, but he's not stealing outright. But here it says, v'hizvada asher chata aleha. So it does say vidui in this case. Now I need to explain something. This carbon that's brought in this case is not an osham. It's called the carbon oliviorade. In this case, it really depends on how wealthy you are. Depending on your wealth, you will bring a different type of carbon here. And this is a special sliding scale carbon. It's also similar to the case that we just talked about before, when you deny or you steal from someone after he gave you the object, because in both cases, this isn't your classical, I woke up in the morning and turned the lights on on Shabbos. I went to the refrigerator and took something out that I thought was regular meat and it was chalif. The All of these cases have an element of it in them, that you knew what you were doing at one point. They, not the case of being Tommy and going in the base of Mikdash, but the case of swearing seemingly is similar to that. The case where you, you know testimony and you lied about it, you didn't do that Bishogeg. Um, now, it's sort of in between a Shogeg and a Mazid. And it says you do vidui, asher chata aleha. And then it says you bring an asham, an nechatas asher chata. But it's really a, a regular chatas animal. It's not an ayo. It's a kes, it's a keves. It's a chatas that you bring. So this is a case, let me explain it better. It's an olaviyoret chatas. Then there's something called the asham gezeva. So let me explain it clearly. In Sefer Vayikra, in Parshas Vayikra, Vidui is mentioned by the Olaviyoret Chatas. In Parshas Nosa, in Sefer Bamidbar, Vidui is mentioned by the Osham Gezela, specifically telling us about Gezelager. So the Torah writes Vidui twice in Sefer Vayikra and in Sefer and Parshas Nosa. It does mention Vidui another time by the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur. But Vidui, that's, but that's only the Vidui of the representative of the whole nation. Individual Vidui is mentioned in Parshas Vayikra 
and in Parshas Nosa. Now we have, as I said, the other thing that's new in Parshas Nosa, Vidui. However, Chazal knew that Vidui exists in two places. Why do we need Vidui in two places? So let's take a look and see what Chazal tell us. So Chazal tell us, if we take a look in the Sifrei that we were looking at, it already says vidui, remember? That's by Olaviore, by the Chattas. That teaches you that a carbon Chattas, like the Olaviore, the man who brings it, whether he's at the, when he does smicha on the carbon, around that time, he needs to articulate and say what he did wrong. How do you know the Asham needs Vidui? That's this Pasuk. So Chazal are telling us that you need one Pasuk for a Chathas, one for an Asham. Rabbi Nosan says, the fact that it says this Parsha teaches us anyone who's about to die needs vidui as well. If it's, if, if it's telling us the man who knows he has to bring an ashram and he knows he needs to pay 20% and he realizes what he's done has to do vidui, this teaches us every person as he's realizing he's dying needs to do vidui. Everyone needs to do vidui. At least every mace, every person who's ill and thinks he might die needs to do vidui. So that's Chazal on this Pasuk. All right? Now, the Rambam, as you know, in Hilchas Tshuva, says this. The Rambam says, Kol mitzvah shebetorah bein asay bein losasay im over odam al achas mehen bein bezodon bein bishkogah. Any mitzvah in the Torah there is, even every assay, not just Gezel Ager, any Avera. When you do tshuva, for every mitzvah, you need to do tshuva all the time. You need to do more than tshuva. You need to articulate and say to yourself what it is you did wrong. Shenemar, Isha, Isha, what does it say in Parshas Nasa? Parshas Nos is the source for tshuva, according to the Rambam, but it's more than just tshuva. It's real tshuva. Let's see the Pasuk again in this in last week's Parsha. The Rambam says, I know the Sifrei. Maybe he even saw Rashi. I don't know. But the Rambam says, this phrase means every Avera you could think of. Mikol does it say that in Vayikra? No. It just says, it gives you a list. It gives you a list of stealing, a list of thieves, a list of, a list of crooks, flim-flam mans, liars. In Parshas Nosa, it introduces Vidui and says, Mikol chatas all sins that man can do. And you're right, this is a particularly grievous one when a man trusts you with his item, 
And Chazal say, he trusts you and he gives you his precious item to hold with no witnesses because he says God is between us and we're close friends. And that is a betrayal in God and a betrayal in your friend. But the Rambam takes that phrase to mean all Averas. That's only a, a, a sample. Every Avera in the world is included in this. Let's see the Rambam again. Then the Rambam tells you what that mitzvah is, and he says, you need to say, Ona Hashem, we're going to see where the Rambam gets this from, and you need to say to God what you did, not just on Yom Kippur. Whenever you realize you've done something wrong, you need to articulate it and say these words. You need to actually, there's a certain mantra, there's a certain specific phraseology that you need to say. We only say it in Yom Kippur because we're idiots, but we need to say this all the time. Whenever you feel that you've done an Avera and you want to change and you want to, real, you want to stop living a life of sin and you want to be disconnected from that Avera, you need to do Vidui. And Vidui means, I did this. And you should go on and, and be, and be, and be Marbin. Then the Rambam says, not like the Sifrei. Remember what we saw in the Sifrei? Sifrei does not say this includes every Avera in the world. The Sifrei said, Vayikra tells you you have to do Vidli when you stand over your Chattas. Nosa tells you you have to do Vidli when you're bringing an Osha. The Rambam, as you see here, does not learn like the Sifrei. The Rambam says, Nasa, even though it seems to be talking about Gezel Aguer, the, 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 the flowery psukim before that really are talking about all Averis that a Jewish person can do. It, it exists on two levels, this Pasuk. On one level, there's, the, there's sort of the halachic pshat level that Rashi leads us in based on the Sifrei. And that's about Gezel Aguer and about being a flimflam man, a ripoff artist. A con man. But the Rambam says the flowery language is really about something else. It's about any Avera you could do, whether, whether there's another human involved or not. Now, Parshas Vayikra, that also says, Vihizvadu, Vizvada Shechota Oleho, that is about a Korban. That's when you, that's when you have to bring a Chatas or an Oshot. And remember, those Averos are generally not hurting another person. It's waking up in the morning and forgetting a Shabbos. Right? That's a Chattas. Going to the fridge and eating the meat, and it's Chalev. So, the Rambam says, it's a Shogeg. Or sometimes there's a Mezid, like sometimes the Osham has. Like you made the false Shvuah. You lied, 
You need to do tshuva and say what you did when you're standing at the carbon. That's Parshas Vayikra. So the main mitzvah of tshuva slash vidui is in Parshas Nosa. So if I would ask you, according to the Rambam, what's special about Parshas Nosa? You could say what Regal Schwartz says, that it's the longest one, and it's a real big job to read and do the Medrash and the Zohar, maybe the Sifrei as well. You could say it's got Sota and Berchus Kohanim, and it, it has um, Nazir, but it also has Tshuva. It has the mitzvah of Tshuva. That's where it is. It's in Parshas Nosa. Pizvada Shechot and then the Rambam says, People who are high of Misas Bezdin and high of Makos, despite the fact that they've been beaten or killed, their death doesn't really expiate their sin until they do tshuva. Wow. So this is a person who's already suffering the ultimate punishment. They're taking him out to stone him and to throw his body off the cliff and then throw a big stone on top of the body in case he doesn't die. But unless he did tshuva, he will not be expiated. Unless he actually articulates what he did wrong. And that's true, the Rambam says, when you hit someone, you damage someone, you could pay the guy and send them a check. You will not be expiated for, from God until you do tshuva and you are, and you are never going to do this again. How do you know that? Parshas Nosa says, Mikol chatas ha'odam. Chatas ha'odam means two things in Parshas Nosa. We just learned. Chatasoda means mitzvah but it also means any sin towards another person. It means any, Chodam means, according to the Rambam, any sin that a person will do even privately in any walk of life, but it also means any sin that you are connected to any other human being, even if you pay him off and you send him a million dollars or whatever it is, and you pay him. But until you ask his forgiveness, and until you admit what you did was an Avera, the money that you paid is not going to give you a Kapara. So the Rambam sees quite a bit from this parsha. Rabbi, Again, yes. I'm troubled by one thing here, and I'm sure you have an answer for it, but I, but I, I don't, it hasn't come up yet. And that is that the word chatat, or you know, or chet, is not just any sin. It's a chet is something that you did negligently. It's not something you did on purpose, and and it's interesting because meila, I think maybe I'm wrong, but as you said earlier, it has a trace of mazid in it, right? So right. I. Right. I I'm really having a lot of trouble uh, following the connection. You, you, Bob, 
a part of why I'm learning this is to refamiliarize you. Every single one of you, every single person that I know who takes the Rambam seriously has learned Hilchas Tshuva, right? <laughs> every single person, that's one of the first things you learn from the Rambam is Hilchas Tshuva, especially when you start the yeshiva. Oh, let's learn Hilchas Tshuva, the Rambam. But I wanted to introduce you to show you how much the Rambam ex- is extracting from these verses. Yeah, I see that it really does go much further. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I guess I, it's just an assumption. No, no, you, you're right. But, but again, where does the Rambam, look what he says here. Let's go back, Bob, and, and, and go to your point. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an assay or a los assay, whether yeah. it's Zodon or Shkoga, because it says, Vihizvadu eschatosam. Right? Right. And, and using the word chet. Yes. Excuse me, just I'm, I need to step away. Go ahead and continue. Okay, yes. Okay. So that is, that is uh, again, what we have here is quite a, a massive Rambam, is what I'm saying here. And the Rambam minimizes Vayikra. Well, it's still important that you know you need to do Vidui on the Korbanot, but really, you might have thought you know, the real vidui is where, you know, you're stepping up to the mazin, where you're stepping up to, to the real terrible things that you've done to other people. And that, the Rambam says, vidui slash tshuva is from here. And clearly, although the Gemara tells us, Chazal tell us what vidui should be, it means more than that. And you can... And, and you can go on, and the more you do, the better person you are. The more you articulate, the more it probably is sincere, and the better your 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 commitment is going to be. And that's what the Rambam says. Now, that's the Rambam. What's interesting is is that the Rambam does not include. what the Sifrei says, which is anybody who's sick, who there's a question about death, should do Vidui. Now the Ramam does speak about Vidui before death. He implies it here because he says someone who's about to be killed doesn't get Kapara until he does Vidui. I'd like to read to you what the Rambam says about someone who's about to be killed in a different spot. The Rambam says that when we have someone we're about to kill because we cannot find legal precedent or any shred of evidence that can save him, what happens? when they get about 10 amos away from where they're going to slice his head off or, th- or throw him down the cliff or, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, the, the rock place, Omer lo hisvadeh. We tell him, own up. Confess. Shekein derech koa mumsin misvadeh. Because whoever is about to die should 
whoever is dying should do vidui. If you do vidui, you will get a share in the world to come. So the Rambam, based on the mission in Sanhedrin, does say that a person before death, at least when death is going to be put upon him by the Bezdin, is told to confess his sin. If he doesn't know what to say, he doesn't know what he says. He's not necessarily, he doesn't know what to say. He's about to be killed. We say to him, Amor, just say the following words. My death should be a kapara. You need to say that. Say your death is a kapara on your sins. Look at the Rabbim says, Afilo yoda ba'atzmo sheshekar hi'idu alav. Even if he's been railroaded, even if false witnesses were hired, and he knows that he's innocent, but he was set up so perfectly that he's dying when he knows he's innocent. The Rambam is saying that even a man who believes himself innocent and is innocent needs to say this because he's about to die because despite his innocence, the court is going to kill him. He's going to be put to death even though he's an innocent man. An innocent man should say, my death should be a kapara for the Averis I've done. The Rambam just adds, by the way, after he says this, we give him mashkenoso korich levona yayin. We give him a good, beautiful cup of wine with a certain part, with, 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 with a little bit of uh, frankincense inside of it. We don't want him to be in all, it's incredible. We don't want him to have his complete consciousness. We have Rachmanus on the person. We want him to die. And he's already said in his most clear moment, I'm going to die. And my death will be a kapara for my Averos. But when the death is now put upon him by the Bezdin, we want him not to be totally aware. We want him to be drunk. And then, then we kill him. And I guess that is a um, a compassion that we have. Um, And that's where the Rambam mentions Vidui again. Where the Rambam doesn't mention Vidui, however, is the case the Sifrei says. Any person who is about to die should do Vidui. The Rambam in Hilchas Ovel talks about how a person who is about that you don't that you don't um, uh, push a person towards death. That you, if a person is dying, you be you're very careful how you speak with him. The Rambam does talk about that. The Rambam, however, never mentions the idea of telling a person to confess before he's dying a natural death. 
The Rambam does mention it here, but he doesn't write it anywhere else. In fact, the Rambam, and this is really a point that I think the Ramban makes. If we look at the Ramban in two places, and this is Ramban versus Rambam. So let me show you the Ramban in two places. The first is the Ramban in Parshas Vayikra. The Ramban in Parshas Vayikra really does not believe that, that, there, that these psukim are as enormous as the Rambam makes them to be. I will show you that right now. Here's the Ramban. The Ramban says, Lo pirish Vidui is never mentioned up until the fourth parak of the fifth parak of Vayikra. They never mention Vidui, and it mentions a person bringing a chattas. Why? So he says, I'll tell you why. Because it says Vidui and the Olaviyoreid, because we're talking about a guy who made a false shvua and realized he was making a false shvua. That's amazing. And in Nasa, last week's parsha, where it says do a vidui, we're talking about somebody who lied about stealing something from someone, or he kept an item that was given to him in trust. He's amazing. A shogeg carbon maybe doesn't need a vidui, the Ramban says. Now, that's pshat in the Pasuk. Why vidui is only mentioned in these two places. Now, it's true, Chazal do say, the Ramban says, that vidui includes all the things that are in the Olavio raid. Even a person who forgot he was Tomei. And that could be called a shogeg. And once it's true about a person who goes into the base of Tomei, it's true for the person who ate chaliv without realizing it, or a person who forgot it was Shabbos and turned on the lights on Shabbos. Hmm. But if that's true, then why do we only mention Vidu here? You know why the Ramban says? Because there's no kares here. You're making a false shvua, there's no kares. And stealing, there's no kares. So the Torah said vidui here, and we figure, yeah, of course, we're Yachai of Kares, you should do vidui. Now, then the Ramban says that Chazal, the Sifrei, say that what we just read, that Vayikra is for Chatas, and Nos is for Oshom. The only thing that is a hint to the Rambam is that what we saw before, that everyone who's about to die needs vidui. But not that every Aveira in the world needs vidui. Not that every Aveira in the world there's a mitzvah vidui for. It's actually going to someone who's oshma hanefeshahi vihizvadu. This is for someone who realizes that death is imminent or something difficult is imminent. That's where you need Vidui. The Ramban is another sefer that's called Teres HaOdam, 
and here, as you can see, he talks about vidui, and he says he brings the Gemara and Shabbos. Me it's a brisa. Me If someone is ill, you say to him, do vidui. Now this the Rambam does quote, but the Rambam only quotes this about someone who's about to be killed by Bezdin. What about the more normal case that when someone is ill and goes in the hospital and the doctors say it's a very serious situation, he's in the ICU, you tell people who are ill, you would encourage them to have their deathbed confession, so to speak. That is a brisa that the Rambam doesn't quote. The Gemara, go, the brisa goes on. Going, and again, during Corona, everybody felt like this, right? Adam Dome If somebody is going into the marketplace, you can get killed. Realize how dangerous our everyday life is. If you go into bed and you and you're having problems, basically, and, and you get ill in bed, high fever, whatever it is, you should consider yourself in the heavenly court at that moment. The Ramban quotes the Gemara is saying, as if you're being judged. And you know what? If you go through an illness, whether it's COVID or whatever it is that you're going through, you need to look at every illness every difficult illness that you go through, that you push forth as if you are being judged at this moment. And you have to realize that you're going to need help to be saved. You need shuvan mysim tovin to be saved here. Um, that is a Gemara in Shabbos. The Rambam does not mention this at all. Um, The, Ram, the Ramban then quotes a Bryce Mesechta Smochos. The Bryce says if a person is ill, you tell him, confess. But don't make him think he's about to die. You say to him, look, you know you're pretty ill and you know you might die. So it's probably a good idea. Joe, to confess, do vidui before because you, you you know you're in a difficult situation. Now there are people that do vidui and didn't die. Tell them that you might you, you we're not. I'm not saying you're dying tomorrow. The, the Bryce says, and you should tell him. But there's a lot of people who die without vidui, and you know what? Tell him there's a lot of people that are walking around every day in the market like we saw before. And, and doing vidui because they don't know what's going to happen. So the Mesech Smachos is telling people, do it with tact. When, you, when you're telling a person at this last moment to confess, don't necessarily say, uh-oh, the guy's going to say, that's it, I have no reason to live anymore. If you're coming in and telling me to confess, I must be dying. No, Mesech Smachos says, Look, there's a lot of people out there who do this every single day. And the truth is, 
maybe God will give you life because of it. That's, that's what you tell him. Is this a bunch of psychological baloney? Maybe. But this is what you tell the person, the Bryce says. Now, if he is physically able to open his mouth and articulate it, you should try to get him to say it, the Bryce says. If not, let him think it. Now, in the hospital room, in the sick room, make sure that when you give him this speech, you don't have ignoramuses around. Good meaning ignoramuses. Good meaning women, again, a little sexism here. Um, good meaning children. Because when they hear this speech, they're going to cry. And if they cry, he's not going to do vidui. He's going to say, oh, it's the end. I'm going to die. This is finished. The Ramban continues to quote, if you have a person who's very ill and his brother passes away, don't tell him. Don't say, oh, I'm going to... uh, um, again, he doesn't need to know about that. In fact, if people come in, there's a guy sick in, in the hospital and his mother died and people are coming in to do push those guys out of there. He doesn't need to hear any more. So the, again, there's a balance here. On one hand, you want him to realize the seriousness and you want vidui to happen. And that's what Parshas Nosa, in a sense, is a binyan of for vidui, but vidui for someone who is approaching this terror, and that is something which, interestingly, despite the fact that it it's, it's, it appears in a number of sources, the Rambam leaves out. In fact, the Rambam's version of the person who's about to die by Bezdin is also truncated. The Ramban quotes it in full in his Sefer Torah Sa'odam. Yes, you tell the man who's about to die, you should um, do vidui. But you also give him a reason. You tell him the famous Ochein, who was singled out for his treachery, for stealing from Yericho. Um, what, do we, what, what did Yeshua tell Ochein? He, he, he told Ochein, you're going to die, Ochein. Or you have something, please admit it. And Ochein does admit it. And Yeshua says to him, Today, because you haven't admitted it, before you admit it, you are you have disgraced things. But you tell the person's about to die a drasha. You teach him a drasha's chazal. The man is about to die, and you give him hope by telling him that Ochein went to Olam Haba because he did vidui. So you just it isn't just hey, do vidui, because if you do vidui, you might get Olam Haba. You actually illustrate it 
According to the Ramban, you actually tell him. That's what it says here. You tell him this. You tell him the story of Ochen. The story of Ochen is told to every person who's about to be killed. And that to realize that Ochen gets Olam Haba, you will get Olam Haba as well. Now, what do I make out of this? Why didn't the Rambam deal with this at all? The Rambam definitely says you should be mavakr chola, but the Rambam does not have this element of, of encouraging someone who is ill to do vidui and to, right? He wants everybody, no matter what their averis are, to do, to do tshuva. But the idea of imposing a special type of last rites, so to speak, does not exist really in the Rambam's in the Rambam's halachos. This question was asked before I asked it. It was asked by Rav Yirmiyahu Lev in his Sefer Divrei Yirmiyahu. You can see he died in 1874, and he writes in his Sefer on the Rambam. He says. Why doesn't the Rambam bring this, this idea that anyone, despite the life that he led, if he becomes ill, should be encouraged to do vidu, even if he's done tshuva before? Rambam lehiviu. You might want to say that, right? The Rambam says everyone should do vidu, but still, the Rambam should have brought it with Sarech Ian. Even though the Rambam brings in Hilchas Sanhedrin, and from there maybe you can think everybody, but a person might say that it's only someone who's being killed by Sanhedrin, which is Misa Bideyodam. How do you know someone who's dying from a disease should do Vidui? And therefore, he says, I don't understand. Why doesn't he bring what Chazal say? Okay, it's not in Hilchas Tshuva. In the books of the Rambam, he could have brought it somewhere, and he doesn't. And the Ramban clearly believes that this is something that is very crucial. It's crucial for those last minutes or those last days when a person is still in somewhat of his faculties control, for him to go through what Parshas Nasa teaches us, which is v'yizvadu v'oshban nefeshagi, realizing what is in store, the great beyond, the oshban nefeshagi. What's also interesting is, is that I do not believe the Ramban accepts the large net that the Rambam places on this pasuk, over this, what this pasuk does. Everyone, everyone admits you have to do tshuva. I think the Ramban says it as well. But this pasuk is not the source for doing tshuva on every Avera. There's other psukim about doing tshuva. The Rambam chooses this one to be the ultimate pasuk for all Averas that are possible. And I think the Ramban feels that it's not justified. 
the Sifrei, which is, again, you, everything is based on Chazal. Chazal included to anyone who's about to die, but, that, but if a person who's not about to die, it's, he's not bringing a carbon. This isn't the source that he must do tshuva with a vidui. In fact, one can maybe even make the case that even though the, Ram, the Ramban feels that you have to do tshuva, but it doesn't necessarily mean vidui is essential for that tshuva to work. Maybe Averis that, that you did, which aren't connected to a carbon, maybe they don't need vidui. You miss davening. You, you wore shotnays, whatever it was, maybe you can have kapara without articulating that. There might be a mitzvah to do it. But as far as the Rambam goes, saying that without vidui, kol chatas ha'odam, you have, you, you have not, you still have the, 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 the pagam of the Avera, I would suggest the Ramban disagrees with that as well. And therefore, I think we do have a very interesting machlokas. My, my, my instinct tells me that the Rambam, although he was aware of these Gemaras, did not want to codify them. There was something in the Rambam's sense, his medical sense or his ethical sense, that convinced him that it wasn't essential to include these ideas in the last hours or the last weeks of a person's life. If a person is ethical and has done the right thing, he's done tshuva already. And if he knows he needs to do tshuva, he'll do it. But the idea of the community goading him, the idea of his friends and relatives pushing him, the idea of of articulating it in such a way, I think the Rambam rejected that. And he felt, look, every person is responsible for himself. And you know who you are, and you know what you need to do. And you should do tshuva right away if you can. And if you're doing tshuva on your deathbed, of course you do tshuva. But there is no idea that the community around you, that your loved ones need to encourage you to read these words. That doesn't happen. That, I think the Rambam rejected that. I think he felt that it was, it was pandering. And I think he felt that it was taking away from a person's, a person's bechira of what a person chooses to be. And that's why I think the Rambam leaves it out. He also believed that since he knew tshuva was so all-inclusive, but he knew tshuva really isn't complete until it's articulated, he needed to build that Pasuk and Parshas Nasa, he built it into an edifice that was so large, it included everything. And that's because, clearly, the Rambam feels that when it's just touchy-feely, even if there's crying, if there isn't that concrete articulation and the description of what you did and your oral articulation of your commitment, then it isn't real either. And therefore, the Rambam inserts that all into vidui. Now, he doesn't have many options. It only says vidui three, t- well, there's only vidui three times, really, in the Torah. Right? There's Nosa, Vayikra, Parshas Vayikra, and Parshas Achrimos. So the Rambam took the place where he felt it was the largest, which is in Parshas Nosa, 
and he makes it one of the great principles of Jewish life. The, and, and, and perhaps, and again, is able to expand things. And that to him is very important because he is a believer in the articulation and the intellectual understanding that precedes that articulation. Because if you don't have that, then what you've done, if it's just inside and feeling, the Rambam feels, the Rambam believes and understands that to be insignificant. And I think that's, in a way, sketching the areas of debate between the Rambam and the Ramban in this, in this point. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.